Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Uh, so, uh, today I want to talk, uh, we're in the second week of this new series, Jesus Changes Everything. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about fishing for a second. Fishing is something that I'm not good at. I don't really enjoy it. It's, like, I, I love, I think like anybody else, I love, you know, casting out there, a fish, fish getting on the line, and it's fun to watch that, the fishing pole bend and reeled in, like, that stuff's fun. I love being out on the lake. Great stuff. I'm going to tell you all the reasons why I think fishing's stupid, though. Okay. Number one, hooks. I hate the hooks. I am. I'm sure every time I go fishing, I'm gonna bleed out at some point while I'm out there fishing because it's gonna stick in and I'm gonna just die. The second thing, and probably this is maybe most important, worms. I think worms are dumb. I don't like worms. They're gushy. They're disgusting. Now, my wife is the daughter of a professional fishing guide. Not just a professional fishing guide. He's in the Hall of Fame as a walleye fishing guide. And so I married into the wrong family. Like, it's uncomfortable. Like, they don't even know how to talk to me sometimes, you know? And so when it comes to worms, I am not beyond and above saying that if we're fishing together and she's in the boat, she's putting that worm on for me. Because it's disgusting, they're gutsy, and if somebody's going to get hooked by the hook, it, I don't want it to be me, okay? So I let her do all that stuff. Um, let me tell you something else I don't like. I don't like taking the fish off of the hook. Because you ever watch somebody try to double dutch jump rope? And they're like, they're waiting, they're waiting. This is how I do it the whole time. I just sit there for five minutes waiting to get in. That's what it looks like for me trying to get a fish off of this stupid fishing line. Because the scales will also make you bleed out if you, if you grab them the wrong way. And so I'm like sitting there trying to like pet the fish, get the scales the right way. And then finally just, you know, and it still somehow gets me. I can't stand fish. But then there's one other thing that maybe, it might not be the worst, but it's definitely the most embarrassing part. And it is the bathroom breaks, which if you go out fishing with my father-in-law, there are none. And so I remember one time, uh, me and my dad and my father-in-law, we go out on this lake. It's like 1 a.m. we go out. It's under the stars, absolutely gorgeous. But it's like, I don't know, it seemed like it was this time of year, and so it was really cold. So my wife, being a great wife, she got me a thermos of hot chocolate, and she gave it to me. And I think she said, you know, be careful not to drink it all at once. And I drank it really quick because it was cold out there. And so I drink this stuff really quick, and it goes right through me. I'm waiting for a little while. I'm feeling really bad about myself. Like, man, I'm going to have to have him take me in the shore. And finally, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it anymore. I'm like, hey, Greg, we got to do something, man. And Greg, being the, the guy that he is, we're out on a lake where there's nobody, nobody around and it's dark. He's like, well, just go out the end of the boat. I'm like, oh, no. Greg, you don't know this about me. I freeze up. I didn't want to tell him that. I didn't want to tell him that because I'm, like, super embarrassed already. So I tried, guys. I really did. And a couple minutes later, I'm like, Greg, this ain't happening, buddy. You're going to have to take me into shore. And it was, it was like the, the boating ride to shame going into the shore so that I could go to the bathroom. I'm telling you, I don't like fishing, you guys. It's just an awful, it's not a sport, okay? It's just an awful thing to do all day long. Uh, but anyhow, it's really fun going with my, my final little bit because he does catch fish and then I catch fish. It's fun. Uh, but the story we're going to look at today, Jesus has a bunch of friends and they are a bunch of fishermen. 
They are really, really good at what they do, in fact. They're so good at what they do that you'd probably call them experts. They're fishing guides. Uh, but in this story, what we're going to see is there was one night where it just did not happen for them. They caught nothing that night. Now, I know not because I'm a good fisherman, but because I've been around my father-in-law enough, I know this guy, he feels bad if he goes out and he got only like seven fish that day. I'm like, dude, that's a world record for me. That's amazing. Guys who know how to fish, they don't get skunked. But these, these friends of Jesus who are expert fishermen, they got skunked one night. But then Jesus enters into the story, and like, like, our, like our passage or our, our sermon series is talking about, Jesus changes everything. And when Jesus came into this story, something happened. They had caught nothing. And Jesus tells them to put their nets down one more time. And something happened. Question is, why should they listen to Jesus? Jesus, Jesus isn't an expert fisherman. Why should they listen to Jesus? And, you, and you've probably been at, in, in a spot like that with God before. Something's going on in your life, and you're like, I don't, I, I feel like maybe God's telling me to do this, but it just seems off. It seems wrong. I don't understand why he would tell me to do this. And I wonder how many times have we missed out on a fulfilled promise because we didn't believe that this time Jesus could change everything. It's a question that we need to think about this morning as we're talking through this story. And in the case of this story that we're about to read, Jesus might not have known how to be a fisherman like these guys did. But the Bible talks about how he was the one who created the fish. He might not have ever been on a boat in this body of water before, probably was, but he didn't know this body of water like these fishermen did, but he created the very body of water that they were in. And so when we think that Jesus doesn't know what he's promising to us, what he's asking of us, we need to rethink that sometimes. And, and these fishermen found that out this night, that if Jesus promises a catch, it's probably worth listening to him. And so they did listen. And so here we got this, this passage out of Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read it. It's verses 1 through 11. Here we go. It says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet, at, at his knees, and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John and sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their nets, they pulled their boats on the shore, left everything, and they followed him. That's a pretty cool story, right? Uh, it, I'm going to be honest. To, to me, it seems a little bit impossible. That this guy who doesn't know anything about fishing would just say, throw it down here, and all of a sudden they get all these, like, seems almost impossible. I want to remind you, though, we are talking about the guy who died and rose from the dead. So he can do the seemingly impossible, right? See, Jesus is a man of promise to these new disciples. 
He offers them promise, and the amazing thing is is that he actually backs up the promise that he gives them. And so what I want to do is I want to look a little bit uh, in this, from this story, um, the ways that Jesus promises and how it can change our lives. Because there's a lot of beauty in the promise that we have from Jesus. And so first off, I want you to see this. Jesus offers a promise for new outcomes even in light of past failures. Honestly, if there's nothing else that you, you take from what we're going to talk about today, this is probably the thing that I'd like you to, you to kind of catch. That in the midst of your life where there's tons and tons of failure, if Jesus promises us something, it doesn't matter how much the failure was, he can change it. He can give us a new outcome. And so I, I love this part of the story here where um, Jesus comes down to this lake and there's this whole crowd of people there. And so Jesus wants to do the thing that Jesus does, which is he wants to teach people. And so what happens is uh, there's, there's two boats there, and one of them is Simon's boat. And what's interesting, I don't know why, why Luke does this when he writes this, but he just uses Simon Peter. He uses just his name Simon on this first time that he's talking about him. And what happens is Jesus gets into this boat, and he's, he tells Simon, Hey, Simon, I want you to take me out onto the water just a little ways. Because what happens is that being out on the water a little ways, if you've ever been on a lake— um, we go to Spencer Lake with the, with the kids during summer for Bible camp, and you can be on one side of the lake and hear what somebody on a, on a deck over on the other side of the lake, they could be talking in totally normal tones, and you can hear the conversation like crazy. Um, and so that's what happens when Jesus gets out onto the water. It kind of serves as this amphitheater where he can now teach people. But I love what he does here. I want you to catch what he does. It says that he sits down in the boat to teach them. This is a side note from something, honestly, that I kind of, that I read as I was re- going through this story this week. But isn't it fascinating? We, we want our teachers and our preachers to do things in a certain way. I don't know about you, but after I hear somebody preach, sometimes I'm going to be like, man, he was too loud. He was, he was too soft. Man, she wasn't funny enough. Man, I got bored. Man, it was too long or it was too short. We have all these things that we, that w- instead of going, what was the truth that was being told and how can it change my life? And just think about that for a little bit. You've got this guy, Jesus, who is the best teacher to mankind ever. Dude just sits down in the boat and he just starts teaching. That looks so different than my vision of, of, of great preachers. And so uh, just a side note there. How are we listening to truth and hearing truth? Am I always open to truth or am I always kind of being, uh, looking at how it's being packaged? Because I know I do that sometimes. And then when Jesus wants to use Peter's boat to teach, something interesting happens there. When he just wants to get in the boat to teach, Simon, he doesn't argue at all. He's like, yeah, I'll take you in the boat. I'll go out a little ways and let you teach. But don't you notice what happens the moment that when the teaching is done, Jesus says, hey, now I want you to go out there and I'm going to tell you how to fish. And right away, Peter's like, uh, Wait a minute, Jesus. Like, we just, we were out there all night long and nothing worked. Like, I don't know why you're telling me how to do my job. Because see here, Peter sees himself as the expert. And he probably should see himself as the expert. Guy knows what he's doing. He was an experienced fisherman. Now who knows what happened last night, why they didn't catch anything. Maybe it was just a bad night. Maybe they When at the wrong time of the day, maybe they just put their nets down in the wrong place. But how could Jesus possibly do better at finding fish than these expert fishermen could do? 
You know, I've wondered about this story a lot of times in my life. I'm like, did, did Jesus, like, have a secret, like, a secret call to the fish? And I just, come on, all you guys, come over to this one little spot. Like, what did he do? How did he get these fish to come to the net? It's beyond me. And I want you to notice here, Jesus didn't specify exactly where they, they were supposed to go. He just said, go out into the deep water and let down your nets. See, that is telling me that this is actually a God moment. This is a miracle moment. It wasn't that Jesus just knew how to fish better than, than Peter did. This was a miracle. How do I know this is a miracle? Because I know I've watched a, a really good fishing guide do his thing. And this is not how they do it. They don't just go out in the middle of the water and start fishing. Um, we, we went on a family trip with it was me and my wife. I think this is actually before we were married. I think we were engaged at the time. And with her whole family. And we went to this place called Cass Lake in Minnesota. One of the biggest lakes in Minnesota. And I remember going out there the very first night. So what we were going to do is we were all going to kind of go fishing with Greg throughout, the, throughout this week. But the very first night, we all got into the boat. And it was fascinating watching what Greg was doing. He was, we were going all, the way, all around this lake in all kinds of different places. He's got all of his instruments with GPS stuff, all this crazy stuff. I can't read any of it. Um, the maps that he's got, I can't read any of it. And he's looking at all this stuff, and he just starts, he starts pinning spots on his GPS. And I'm telling you, this guy knew what he was doing in a way that I don't. It's not how I would do fishing. What I would do going fishing is I'd just get out on a boat and I'd be like, this looks like a spot where nobody else is. Let's start trying. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I might even just, I'm even the kind of guy, I'm so lazy, I might just put a net down in the water and be like, just come on, guys. <laughs> like, that's how much I don't like worms and hooks, okay? So I would do it totally differently, but here's what happened with Greg. We go out on the water and we're catching stuff all the time and we come back in and every play buddy at this resort is like, yeah, man, the fish aren't biting this. And we felt like bad bringing in like just buckets of walleyes. And so we're giving walleyes to people so that they can actually have a fish fry. See, experts know what they're doing and they have a method to it. Peter had to think that Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. You see, if he was a real fisherman, he would have understood this. Deep water fishing was for at night. It's the daytime right now, and he's telling them to go out into the deep water, and, and Peter knew that's not, what, that's not what we do. In the daytime, we go into the more shallow stuff, and he's going, right now, the way that the sun is beating down on this water, it's scaring all the fish. Like, this is, there's just no point, Jesus. But I love that all of his doubts about Jesus, it didn't, it didn't distract him from doing what Jesus said. I think Jesus telling Peter this, uh, to Peter it had to have felt a little bit brash. It probably sounded very, very laughable to Peter what Jesus was asking him to do. This is like if I was out on the water with my father-in-law and we weren't catching stuff. If I, if I was like, you know, Craig, that spot over there looks really, really good. You know, we should maybe try this other jig. Guys, I don't even know what a jig is. I don't know. My wife made them all of her life growing up. I don't know what they are still. And if I said that kind of thing to my father-in-law, he'd be like, Kellen, just jump out the boat. <laughs> like, you don't need to be here, <laughs> okay? Um, but Peter, something in him decided, I'm still going to listen to Jesus. He even gave a little bit of an excuse, like, I don't know, Jesus. We didn't catch anything. But if you say it, 
Okay. Jesus made something good happen that had not been happening. He gave Peter and his fishing buddies a sign that he could make something out of nothing. You know, if Peter hadn't listened to Jesus that night, he wouldn't have seen how Jesus can come through on a promise when it seems like everything else had been failure up to that point. Trusting God in some area of your life, um, especially an area where maybe you've just been experiencing failure, it can be a really, really, really difficult thing to do. Um, Maybe God's asking you to trust him in something that's hard. Maybe he's asking you to to stop talking to your kid. You've You've been talking to your kid for so long about this issue, and it seems like you're getting nowhere. And maybe God is telling, asking you to do the hard thing, and that is to stop talking to your kid about it for a little while and pray about it. Now, I'm not saying that that's the, if, if that's not coming from God, it may not be the right option. But if God was asking you to do that, what keeps us from listening? This idea that, oh, I know what's better for my kid than you do, but maybe if there's a promise from God that he's going to take care of something, but ask us to, to back off for a minute, am I willing to listen? That would sound just as crazy as what this sounded like to Peter, probably. Maybe he's asking you to make a major life change, a job change, a, a habit change. And you're remembering how difficult and awful it was this last time. Um, I was talking to my, my friend Matt this morning, and uh, his business went through some, some downsizing, what, two weeks ago? And so he lost his job and already got a better job. Like that... That is the promises, the way that the promises of our God can, can work when we actually just listen and say, okay, I don't know what you're doing. I know he was trusting God during that whole time, praying about it, believing that God, God was going to do something that was going to be great. Um, God has the ability to do that because he sees what's in the deep water that sometimes we just don't even see it's there. Maybe he's asking you to, to help a friend. To help a friend get to know who Jesus is. And you're like, man, every time I try to open up my mouth, it's just like, I don't even know what I'm saying. You're super nervous and, and you feel like you don't make any sense. But there is a promise that we find in this story that I think it applies to a lot, any area of our life where, where we're experiencing failure of some kind. At any point, Jesus can make a harvest in your life very fruitful doesn't matter how unfruitful your life seems to be in a certain place. doesn't matter how, how much everything seems to be out of place. It's not working. I'm telling you, we have, we have a God who loves us so much and who knows so much and you know so much more than we do that he can make things fruitful when we didn't see how it could be fruitful. Can you imagine the, the, the shock and the awe that Peter experienced as he's starting to pull in th- these nets and these fish are, it's so heavy that as he's putting it into a boat, his boat starts to sink, and they bring this other boat, and that boat starts to sink. Can you imagine the, the, just the utter shock that Peter's going through at this point? This was not an expert fishing guide moment. This was a miracle moment. And he almost missed out on it. He almost didn't take the advice of Jesus because he thought that he knew better. How many times have we thought that we knew better than Jesus? We're hearing this quiet whisper inside of our spirit, inside of our mind. This is the way you're supposed to go. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. But those are the deep water moments that I think sometimes Jesus is just trying to get us to let down the nets and trust him. I think we've all felt like we don't, like we know more than Jesus at times. We felt like we were the expert. 
It's like, oh, Jesus, you know all the spiritual stuff. You know how I should pray and how I should remember my Bible and how I should fast and how I should be nicer to people and I don't like that one. But you know how I'm supposed to do all that stuff. But when it comes to the practical stuff, what I'm supposed to do at my job, how I'm supposed to take care of things at home, like, God, I know what I'm doing. Just let me do it. And we get to thinking that we're the expert. You know, and G- Peter was skeptical when Jesus offered up this fishing advice. But again, somehow he let go of that skepticism. How did he do it? Peter, Peter did not have faith in Jesus' words so much as he had respect for the one who was saying those words. If Jesus says it, it's worth believing, even though all the natural signs point to him being wrong. I want you to understand what I'm saying there. He didn't really have faith in Jesus' words. When Jesus said the words, go out there and and put, he's like, I don't know, Jesus. But then he said, but because you say it, I'm going to do it. There are so many times where I don't have faith in Jesus' words. But somewhere along the way, I just have to say, okay, I'm going to trust you, Jesus. The Bible says that you are my, my provider. I'm going to trust that you're going to provide in this situation. There are so many times in my life, you guys, where I have thought about certain situations, like there is no way that God is going to come through and make this situation okay. And every single time, it seems like God just finds a way to, to make beauty happen. In, from p- times that I just couldn't see where it was going to come from. It's because he sees things that I can't see. He understands things in a way that I don't understand it. So, you don't always have to have faith in his words, but do you respect Jesus enough to still listen? Now, I want to go back to this story a little bit, uh, back to the point where, where Peter's bringing in this massive haul of fish. And I want you to hear again what Luke writes in verse 6. He says, They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so, that they, so, so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Here's another thing I think about the the, the promises of Jesus that you need to see from this story. When the promises of Jesus come through, you will be humbled. When you see Jesus do what only Jesus can do, it is going to do nothing but humble you. Again, the amount of times that I have just not trusted God and he comes through and he does something that was unexpected. Man, it makes me realize, like, oh, man, I'm just, I'm so not what you want me to be, God. And I, it's like I get this, this humbling in me. And that humbling is actually not a bad thing. Watching Jesus fulfill his promises, it's a, it's a humbling experience. Uh, Peter saw in that moment that Jesus was even bigger than what he, what he had ever realized and so much bigger than him. But it's not a bad thing for you and I to go through that from time to time. It's why even reluctantly following Jesus' voice and following his lead, when you don't see what's going to happen, how it's going to come through, it's a good thing for us. It's good to be reminded how much more powerful God is than you and I are. And when he comes through on his promises, I'm telling you, that is a great way to, again, put God in his place and put us in the place that we belong. I think seeing promises come through, it actually opens up our imagination. It opens up our faith in what we believe God can do in the future. And so here's another thing I think that takes place when after we see this miracle take place in this story, 
I think this is kind of the whole point of what this story is about, this next part of the passage. In verse 10, it says that Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their nets up on the shore, they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and they followed him. So I think there's just one promise that Jesus wants us to catch in this story, and I'm sorry for the pun, okay? But one, sto- one promise that he wants us to catch Jesus promises an unbelievable catch for his kingdom. That's the point of this story. You see, Jesus actually wasn't trying to sell these new disciples on the catch that was coming in. I want you to realize what happened right right as soon as as this, this miracle took place, Peter gets humbled and he's falling down before Jesus like, I'm not worthy of you. And then they go to the shore and they don't even go and sell the fish. They, the, that passage says that they just left everything there and they went and they followed Jesus. You see, Jesus promised this catch of fish to the disciples, but he wasn't trying to sell them on that promise. He was trying to sell them on himself. He knew that if he could, if he could make this miracle happen, it would show the disciples that he was worth following no matter what. You know, sometimes I think we're looking, for, we're looking for Jesus to fulfill promises in our lives, these things that we want him to do. But in truth, when Jesus fulfills promises, he's just trying to sell us on himself. He just wants us to trust him. You know, and so many times I've seen where people, they, they've seen the, the promises of God come through in their life. And it's like it, it, it gets them to walking towards Jesus a little bit but then they forget the promise that was fulfilled. And they don't continue to go and follow after Jesus just like these disciples did. And I'm telling you, the thing that God wants from us, he doesn't want to do awesome things in our lives so that our life on this earth is great. He wants us to do great, he wants to do great things in our lives so that we follow him. So that we follow him and then we do the same thing that he's talking about in this passage with these guys. Okay, now I did something for you. Come follow me and now I'm going to make you fishers of men. Jesus changes everything to the point that once I see what he does, I'm humbled, and now I follow him. And now all I want to do is I want to bring people to Jesus. Just like the story last week with the woman at the well. She's a Samaritan woman who nobody cared about, and she found out who Jesus was, and it changed everything. And she went into town. She told everybody, come and see this guy who's telling me everything I've ever done. Once Jesus changes things in your life, it should be so powerful that all you want to do is see Jesus change other people's lives. So there's a couple things here that I, I think that God's speaking to us. I want to encourage you in, in really in one of two ways this morning. Some of you have experienced failure. You're struggling with that failure. It could be in a relationship. Um, it could be in your work environment. It could be at home. I don't know what the failure is, but you're probably thinking through what it is right now. One thing that I believe this story shows us is that Jesus can bring us a success that we never knew was possible, even in light of the failures in our life. And it can be directly after a failure. It can be directly after something happens that just wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Jesus has a way of putting things out into deep water and miracles happen. And so 
one of the encouragements I want for you this morning, if, if you're in that place and you've just been feeling like there's failure in your life, you're feeling like, like things just haven't gone the way that they're supposed to, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus and ask him to, to show you something beautiful in light of that failure. Because I believe he's going to do it. I believe he's capable of doing it. Truth is this. Maybe you don't really know how relationships are supposed to work. You thought you did, but the truth is is that Jesus understands how relationships work. Maybe you really don't know how to be better in your character. I'm telling you, I know I don't, and I need Jesus. I need my wife for that one too to help me. But we all need Jesus to show us how how to get past these failures. And once we let him do the work, man, amazing things happen. The second thing that I want to encourage you with though today is this. Maybe you feel like there's somebody in your life that you're supposed to be what Jesus is talking about, this fisher of men. There's somebody in your life that you want to see them come to know who Jesus is. You want them to see the goodness of Jesus the way that you've seen it. I think the promise here of Jesus in this passage is he gives us the strength and the ability to be that kind of person. We don't do it on our own. I want you to understand, these disciples, they didn't become fishers of men until they chose to follow Jesus themselves. They had to follow Jesus. They had to get out of their boats, go walk with Jesus, follow him for a long time, and they messed up for a really long time. And over time, Jesus showed them, he gave them the promise of helping them to become people who are fishers of men. What does that mean? They helped, help, they helped other people to see who Jesus was. That's what we're called to do. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.